Welcome to the Creation Podcast. I'm Christy Hardy. On this episode, we're reflecting on Charles Darwin's impact upon matters of faith and science. Many secularist and humanist organizations celebrate February 12th as Darwin Day, a day set aside to honor Charles Darwin and his legacy. And Darwinists have referred to the prior weekend as Evolution Weekend, a time for church leaders to affirm evolution in their congregations. Here at the Institute for Creation Research, we want Christians to know about the incredible harmony that exists between science and scripture. But is Darwinism science? And does it have a rightful place in the church? Let's hear from several ICR scientists and scholars on this issue. We'll start with physicist Dr. Jake Hebert. Is Darwinism science? No, it's really not. I mean, when people say Darwinism, that has sort of become synonymous with evolution. This idea that all life came from a single common ancestor over many hundreds of millions of years. And there's no scientific evidence for this. All the experiments that we've done indicate that life cannot come from non-life. Life cannot come from living chemicals. And even when you look at the fossils, there's no clear evidence of one basic kind of animal morphing or transitioning into another kind of animal. Yes, evolutionists will sometimes trot out examples of what they call transitional forms, but even they cannot agree on whether or not these should be counted as intermediates between basic kinds of animals. So really, it's not science. There's no scientific evidence for it at all. Brian Thomas is ICR's science writer. Let's get his perspective. So when you ask me if Darwinism is science or not, I'd have to say no, because really it's a philosophy that says nature is the only game in town. Natural processes are the only viable ways to explain how things came to be. In other words, Darwinism defines history to be that which occurs without miracles. It says no miracles are possible, and it defines away miracles. Now, that does not come from observation, observation of the past. It doesn't come out of a detailed study of what happened in the past, of the miracles that happened in the past. It comes from a desire to not want to be accountable to a God and to define God out of the picture. That's not science. That's pure bias. Dr. Jim Johnson is ICR's Associate Professor of Apologetics. Dr. Johnson, should churches acknowledge Darwin Day? It would be pretty improper for a church to acknowledge Darwin Day other than to show an illustration of Romans chapter 1 and how lost society is. Romans thirteen seven talks about giving credit where credit is due, and God deserves credit for creation existing. Now let's hear from ICR zoologist Frank Sherwin. I think the churches should acknowledge the Creator. And so when other liberal denominations celebrate Darwin and colleges and universities celebrate Darwin, Bible-preaching churches should celebrate the Creator and not the creation. Dr. Jake, what are your thoughts? Well, I would imagine that they can acknowledge it, uh, but I don't think they ought to be celebrating it. Darwin has done much damage, frankly, to the cause of Christ by causing people to think that scientists can explain their origin apart from a creator. We don't have days celebrating truly great scientists like Michael Faraday or James Clerk Maxwell or Isaac Newton. Why is it that Darwin gets singled out? Well, it's because in many people's minds, he freed people from God. What does the Bible say? The Bible says God created all these creatures. Darwin says nature created all these creatures. So if a church wants to stand with the Bible, then we cannot celebrate 
Darwin Day. What is Charles Darwin's legacy? Charles Darwin was somebody who was called a naturalist in his day in the 1800s. A naturalist today is called a biologist. And so Charles Darwin did about eight years' worth of work on barnacles. Nobody would doubt the kind of contributions he made in the area of good science. However, when he got philosophical, when he published his infamous On the Origin of Species in 1859, he extrapolated this minor change that we can observe in nature and suggested that this minor change would lead to major changes, something we call macroevolution. So Darwin's legacy was to explain creation without a creator. And this has filtered down now into the 21st century, where people, because of Darwinism, has said no to God, no to the biblical concept of creation, and yes to Darwin. Ironically, in his book, he never talked about the origin of the species. If students and the public in general want to know where everything came from, they should go to the Book of Beginnings, the Book of Genesis, that does talk about the origin of the species. Darwin's legacy has been profoundly harmful both to the church and to society in general. He has done much to convince people that they're not going to have to give an account to their creator when they die, which is a dangerous delusion. If you look at the statistics, many young people are leaving the churches because they think science has disproven scripture. They think that evolution is a fact. In fact, that's a talking point among evolutionists. They will just insist over and over again, evolution is a fact, evolution is a fact, even though the evidence for it is lacking. His influence has been very harmful to society. There are civilizations out there that have tried to apply evolutionary ideas, and the results have been horrific. Evolutionists bristle when creationists point this out, but there is a connection between the Nazi Holocaust and Darwin. Hitler was applying evolutionary ideas. And the communists did as well. You know, we're talking the deaths of many tens of millions of people. And I remember reading years ago that in China, when they would try to convince young people that communism was true, they had them read not Karl Marx's works, which you might think would be the case. Instead, they had them read Darwin's works because this was seen as the foundation for this communistic worldview, which has had a horrible effect and resulted in untold misery and suffering for tens of millions of people. Well, Charles Darwin certainly left a huge legacy. And I think that legacy has something to do with removing the idea of a creator. So he swapped out what for centuries many people had been thinking of in terms of a creator. I mean, even if people weren't born-again, Bible-believing Christians way back then, at least, by and large, they said, the only way to get this universe is to have someone bigger than the universe to put it here. There has to be some kind of God out there, some kind of creator. Charles Darwin's legacy is he came along and said, nature can do it. We don't need God. Natural processes can substitute. And then he specified this natural process called natural selection. That's how creatures came to be. That's his legacy. Now, in the time since then, those who followed Darwinian thinking have looked for natural selection. What can it do? Does it exist? And they have come up short. And so that's why so many Darwinists are trying to scramble around for alternative mechanisms to have nature-only processes build creatures out of nothing. So what's his legacy? Removing the creator from our thinking and making that sound scientific when in fact um, it's really just philosophical. We'll hear more from these scientists and scholars discussing Darwin's impact in just a moment. 
But if you'd like to delve even deeper, check out Dr. Randy Galuza's latest book, 20 Evolutionary Blunders, Dangers and Difficulties of Darwinian Thinking. Darwinism has ruled science for over 150 years, but few know of the forgeries, false predictions, and other errors in its history. Get your copy of 20 Evolutionary Blunders at icr.org store. Did you know ICR is building a discovery center? At the ICR Discovery Center for Science and Earth History, you'll explore the wonders of God's creation and discover compelling evidence that confirms the Bible. We're planning to open the Discovery Center later this year, and we can't wait for you to visit. For more information, go to icr.org slash discovery center. Now, let's continue talking about Darwin's impact on matters of faith and science. Brian, how has Darwinism impacted the church? Boy, has Darwinism impacted the church. It has weakened the church, weak, 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 by intimidating churchgoers and would-be Bible believers. You can't believe in the Bible because it's not scientific. Darwin showed us how you don't need God to make all these things. Nature can do it, natural processes. And so you're a moron or whatever for believing that God did these things, that is superstitious and it's not scientific. So you see, these kinds of statements, this kind of rhetoric intimidates the church. And so we become weak and we back into the shadows and we say, I guess if it's scientific, then I can't say, it's not scientific at all. And it doesn't take a PhD in science to determine that. All you gotta do is think, okay, are we talking about a past tense question? How did this arise? How did this creature come to be? That's past tense. Guess what? That's not science, it's history. So as soon as we ask a past tense question, we have to go to history. And it turns out that the Bible has the most reliable, best history. And that's what we do at the Institute for Creation Research is we point out the difference between modern, repeatable, observational science and historical investigation. When you look at the history, you see that the Bible got it right. And what we want to do is rebuild the strength of the church by showing the truth of what happened in the past. Darwinism has had a huge bad influence on the church in that it has caused many people to doubt the scriptures, to doubt that God is our creator. And it's really unfortunate, especially when you look in detail at the arguments, you find that they just don't stand up to scrutiny, even though they may look convincing at first glance. And so I think overall, Darwin has had a horrible influence on the church. One of the ironies about Darwin Day is that you will have proponents of Darwin Day trying to get Christians to think that Darwinism and Christian faith are compatible. And that's really just nonsense. And I think a lot of the more intellectually honest evolutionists would freely admit that. What is ICR doing to combat Darwinism's influence? Four priorities of ICR are corroborating God's Word, contradicting the false ideas, such as Darwinism, clarifying areas of confusion, of which there are many in scientific topics, and giving credit to the Creator for making all of these wonderful life forms and the earth and heavens that are the context for those living things, including ourselves. ICR is doing groundbreaking original research showing that many of these icons of evolution are just flat out wrong. And one particular example that I'm very proud of is the work done by our geneticist here, Dr. Jeff Tompkins, who has shown that contrary to what evolutionists have been saying for years, they claim that humans and chimpanzee DNA are 98% similar. He has shown through his own independent analysis of the data that that similarity is at best 85%. 
And that is a huge jump for evolution to overcome in just a few million years if you're going to try to have humans and chimpanzees coming from a common ancestor. In fact, there is an evolutionary geneticist, Dr. Richard Buggs, at the College of Queen Mary of the University of London, who confirmed Jeff's results. He got the same answer using a different method. And so we are on the cutting edge of showing the fallacies in these arguments that evolutionists are making. One of the big pushbacks against Darwinism's influence that the Institute for Creation Research is involved in currently has to do with really re-evaluating natural selection. Does it even occur? If so, where and when and how? And what we've been finding is that in most, if not all, cases where natural selection is invoked to explain creature changes, it turns out that it's just being invoked. You know, it's like an after-the-fact explanation. Oh, well, it changed. Well, that must be because of natural selection, because that's what we believe. And then in many cases, when we analyze these creature changes in more depth, for example, looking at the genetic alterations, we find out that the creatures are actually changing themselves based on internal programming. Well, that erases natural selection, because if the trait is being selected by the organism and not by its environment, as Darwinism asserts, then the credit for those creature changes goes to the designer of that creature, which would be creation. That would be a creation-friendly answer. So what is ICR doing? Well, we're challenging the heart and soul of Darwinism by exposing internal creation-based creature changes. As Christians living in a world that celebrates Darwinism, what are some ways we can promote biblical creation? Well, I think there's a lot of ways. Obviously, one is we can pray. We can ask the Lord to open people's minds and hearts. You can do little things to remind people that there are still skeptics of Darwinism out there. You can wear Christian t-shirts or put bumper stickers on your car that question evolution, that challenge it, just to remind people that there is resistance to this idea. You can also get informed. We urge you to avail yourselves of the resources that ICR produces. Keep informed on the latest issues and updates and share this information with others. We have a free magazine, Acts and Facts, that we encourage you to sign up for. It's got great information every month. And just stay informed and try to inform others of what the real issues are. I think the biggest way is really what we're talking about here is bridging a really wide gap. Because on the one hand, let's say I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've trusted in him. And I've come to realize that his Bible is actually true. This Bible tells me the truth of what happened in the past. On the other hand, I've got friends and family members who think the Bible is a bunch of myths and it's silly. They don't believe in creation. They believe in evolution, that nature did it, not God. And so there's a massive gap. How do we bridge that gap? I think one of the best ways is to ask people questions about what they believe. Because it's true, you can't get a universe from nothing. But that's all that the secular model offers. You have to get everything from nothing. You have to get people emerging and evolving and whatever other magic words you want to use from fish. That's what they say. Now, that's absolutely silly. Fish turned into people. That's what they believe. So we need to expose the silliness of that belief by asking questions. How did a fish turn into a person? When did a fish turn into a person? What evidence, what led you to the conclusion that fish turned into people? Those kinds of questions. So we just ask what they believe, ask why they believe it, and we do it lovingly, and we build bridges, and we do it in friendliness. And that challenges them to try to think more clearly about what they believe and why. The Apostle Paul says to his brother in the faith, Timothy, 
that we should study to show ourselves approved. And so we should go back to the beginning, go back to the book of Genesis, to someone who was there in the beginning, and see what God has done, understanding that evolution was dreamed up to be an atheistic alternative to creation. So let's study God's living creation, both in the life sciences like biology and the physical sciences such as geology and astronomy. And let's go back to the beginning where it says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. A special thanks to Frank Sherwin, Brian Thomas, Dr. Jim Johnson, and Dr. Jake Hebert for sharing their reflections on Darwin Day. And thank you, podcast listeners, for tuning in. If you'd like ICR to answer your creation questions on future episodes, send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ICR Science. Remember to subscribe to the Creation Podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the show so more listeners can find us. Join ICR next time for another episode of the Creation Podcast.